0: Back Matters from the Salvos. I'm gonna move. Way out on the outskirts of town. I'm gonna move. Way out on the outskirts of town. At the age of 18, our guest Glenn moved as far away as he could from everybody, abandoned his faith, and pursued his life dream. Glenn shares his story. So I I have uh, two much older sisters. They're eight and ten years older than me, and uh, my mother and my grandmother was living with us as well. Uh, Speaking about my mum, on her side, we've discovered that uh, we're actually descended from convicts, uh, and and in fact, first fleeters. Uh, Anne Forbes was my (laughs) great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother, who... um, it's no laughing matter, Chris. She stole 10 yards of printed cotton from a London market. You know what the sentence was? What? Hanging by the neck until death. That was that was the original uh, uh, charge and, and then the uh, original sentence. And then um, they they discovered that um, this was in 1787 and they're about to, to sail to, to Australia and they discovered that uh, really we didn't have enough women. <laughs> there, was, there was something like, uh, I don't know, about 1,800 men and about 100 women. So they decided to commute her sentence from... From death to transportation to Australia um, which was considered much worse at the time obviously but uh, I always tell people in England uh, I, I think she did pretty well out of the whole thing she left yeah. the set of Oliver Twist and she wound up on the set of Home and Away I think, <laughs> you know who says crime doesn't pay um, my father was quite a distant character so I was basically raised by th- by four mothers a really. distant character very distant I think in what uh, way uh, as as a child looking back, I, I sort of have a kind of a blank where my dad was. Um, wasn't really a presence in my life. Work wise or living there or what was he Yeah, so so he would disappear into work quite a lot. Yeah. Um and just wasn't particularly present in the home. Um the short version of how I became a Christian is uh, two decades of a praying mother. She grew up uh, in a household where um, neither her mother or father went went to church. They were quite atheistic, really. Her, her father was uh, the postmaster um, in Manila, in uh, outback, uh, in country New South Wales. And as as this eight year old girl, she uh, was an only child and was uh, quite lonely, just playing in the post office. And uh, in came a woman with her daughter, and, and the daughter was also about eight years old. The woman was signing up her daughter for something called Sunday School of the Air, mm-hmm. which is basically a, a sort of a, a radio program for kids on a, on a Sunday, telling them about Jesus. And I don't know what uh, possessed her to do it, but she started talking to this other eight-year-old girl who was just minding her own business in the post office, and uh, eventually said, um, uh, "Well, Elizabeth, do you want to sign up for Sunday School of the Air?" And my mum thought that sounded like a, a good idea. What year are we talking here? uh 52 okay. 52 53 mm-hmm. and so my mother had, didn't really set foot inside a church until she was 16 years old so the first 8 years of her life she was just tuning in on a sunday and she says she she just remembers listening that first sunday and thinking yeah this is true you know jesus is lord yeah this is great this is good news wow so the faith of a child eh the faith of it, yeah well, aren't we meant to be like wow. little children and and so it's it's very interesting when i when i just think back that one woman in that post office queue decided to have a conversation with an eight year old girl amazing that eight year old girl is oh, converted. That's almost like a divine appointment absolutely a divine appointment Isn't it? absolutely. So but, how did your mum impact you i mean her uh, her example, her prayers um, were were huge. I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy being a kid, really. Okay. I got on a lot better with adults, and I couldn't wow. wait to be a grown-up and have wow. a responsibility. I was the kid going to youth groups and Sunday school, and, and uh, I was the kid with a hand in the air, getting the answers right, and, and being the good, the good kid with you know, quite good Bible knowledge, but I didn't really get it. And I think growing up, It was always being drummed into you, you know, give your life to God, give your life to God, give your life to God. And I think as a melodramatic teenager, I think I gave my life to God about a thousand times. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, every preacher was preaching this to me, but what I picked up was it was all about my life offered to God. And I never, never knew whether it was enough, really. And by age 18, I thought, well, probably God doesn't want me. Um, Nothing's happened. I don't feel any different. So if God doesn't want me, then maybe I don't want him. Wow. And so that's, that's kind of what led to me feeling like I, I needed to hit the far country and, and, and enjoy life apart from God. Aged 18, went off to university and, and tried to kind of have as good a time I, as I could uh, beyond all the things that I'd known as a kid and, yeah. and leaving all those things behind, including kind of a Christian faith that I'd kind of grown up with. Yeah. What brought you back to your faith? What was it that... I think what brought me back was was partly the, the kind of the pigsty experience, and I think at, at that stage a little bit sort of prodigal son style from Luke chapter fifteen. You know, the kid who leaves the family home and and tries to have fun, make life work in the far country, but ends up in the pigsty. Really, where'd you go? Uh, for me, that was Oxford University. Really, <laughs> which uh, that's far, <laughs> that's far. But um, I was desperate to play cricket uh, professionally. Uh, desperate to play uh, at lords so if you if you play um in the final match oxford v cambridge that happens at lords the home of cricket and this was this was my great goal to get there and i fell agonizingly short um just just short of, of playing in in that game and and uh and in a sense that was kind of my pigsty moment of thinking well here's this other life that i've gone for it hasn't worked um, you know, I'd made cricket into my life yeah. and now it had kind of blown up in my face I started going back to church and um, I remember just hating the preacher and yet I was going back every week and, um, and at that time I started reading the Bible with a, with a friend um, and we were reading through Luke's gospel and as we did this study it's suddenly the penny dropped before, before we even talk about my, li- my life given for him it's about his life given for me that was a kind of 180 degrees kind of wow. switch around for what me. A experience. It absolutely was. Just the, the grace of Jesus really just captured me at that at that point. And kind of from, from that moment on I've I've wanted to, to share him with others. I'm gonna move. way out on the outskirts of town. I'm gonna move. On the outskirts of town. Our guest Glenn, who is now a full time evangelist with Revival Media, sharing the hope and freedom that comes because of what Jesus has done for us. Revival Media is a wonderful down. charity which includes reaching into the lives of people in Sri Lanka, India, and East Africa. If I'm you want to contact Glenn, baby, go to revivalmedia.org. Light and Life. The I Salvo's weekly eyes, radio man, show. I'm get me a on the outskirts of town I don't want nobody